Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? It is I, Van Layton. It's me, Rachel Lindsay. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? You got to explain that. The people don't understand what's happening. That's my little voice, man. I've been doing that voice for years. I'm your co host. I don't understand what's happening. I've been doing that voice for years. Anyone who knows me right now is laughing hysterically because it's like the little old daddy voice. I've been doing the voice for years and years and years. The face just, is what what really tops it off. It's just like different moments where it's like super, like once <laughs> once at TMZ, we had like a, a staff-wide meeting. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how stupid this was. I told this on the other podcast. You'll, you'll, you'll like this, Rachel. So we had <laughs> a TMZ employee once. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. But he sent an email, all staff. When I say all staff, I don't mean not to his department. I mean not to, like, the the news the news desk. All staff. Everyone who works for the entire company, plus some Warner Brothers people. All staff email. And the subject line of the email was, uh, young girl rides large cock. No! No! Yes. And it was a picture of Dora Dora the Explorer on the back of a chicken. So it was like some kind of weird, oh, hey, Bose, how you doing, buddy? It was just like, it was a, um, it was just like a, like a weird joke. And it's like, if you go look, it's, it's a meme. And you, if you go look up the meme, you can meme, right? So I come in from, from camera and we're having an all staff meeting. And we're having an all staff meeting about this. And everybody's standing there as Harvey reams the entire newsroom, right? Uh, but nobody knows. Well, he doesn't say by name who it is that he's talking about. Well, didn't everybody get the email? Well, they got it, but I wasn't there. So I wasn't on my, so I didn't, I, I wasn't in the office. So I didn't really know who had done it. So I remember a friend Put of mine. camera down a little bit. I wanted why? to see, I so just saw see a little bows just like peeking out a little bow? bit. Hey, Bose is hanging out. He's getting big. Come here. Let's, let's show Bose this thing. Oh, little Bozeman update. I, I hear the struggle in your voice. Is he that heavy? Oh, oh hi, buddy. Hey, Bose. Hey, Bozer. Hey, Bozer. Oh. <laughs> um, no, he's really big. Yeah, by he's the way. getting big. He's getting big. <laughs> so, uh, like when when Harvey was saying it. He was up there and somebody showed me the email itself. I went, oh, daddy. Because it was such a, it was such a, I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. And people laughed. But So in moments of high stress, uh-huh. where the ice needs to be broken, that's when that voice comes out. Did, you, don't, is, you don't have anything like that? What? No, but does, is that how you feel right now? Is that why you came in with that voice? Are we in a high stress situation? No, but okay. it's we're in a high stress era. Okay, which which voice do you like better, the O Daddy or the what was it? Whoop that ass, Baptist Church. Ooh, which 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 voice is better? Ooh, Rachel, you such a good journalist. I would say the put on that ass voice. It's slightly, it's 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 slightly more demonstrative. When you're talking about putting it on that ass and Pastor Deacon, Pastor Deacon put it on that ass and put it on that ass about this church. Um, 
Oh, Rachel, we have to talk about something. You want to? We have a. Don't you want to tell the uh, audience we got a special announcement to make? We're going to do something special here in the near future of higher learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Well, I think we all know we got a big month coming up in February, Black History Month. So, of course, we're going to do something special for Black. We're going to do something special for you guys. Each Wednesday of the month, we are dropping a bonus. Did you hear me put a T on the end of bonus? That's a bonus. Yeah, I, I said bonus. bonus. That's how excited I am. A you bonus up. Mm-hmm. guest episode of Higher Learning to show all sides of the Black experience. So make sure that you subscribe to the show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and be on the lookout for more details from us on who the special guests will be. One thing we can tell you is that you will not be disappointed. Every week we'll be bringing you a good one. Every yeah, Wednesday. Good. We got some good guests lined up. We got mm-hmm. some great people. We have a great guest on the show today. It's not a part of this whole thing. We got Lecrae on the show today. That's right. Kicking it off Um, right. One of the best rappers in the world. Talking to him about a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. Lecrae's going to talk to us. Uh, You know, he's about his faith, about hip-hop, how he feels about Drake, which is very interesting to me. All of those things. We're going to talk to Lecrae in a second. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you real quick. Did you buy any GameStop stock? Have you been a part of this whole thing that's been going on? So, to my knowledge, I have Mm -hmm. not. Um, I'm pretty sure my guy has not bought. I, I'm sure I will receive a notification if if I had stock in GameStop. Stop GameStop, but I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing a lot in the news. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot is happening. Yeah. Um, even old Jordan Belfort is that his last name? Jordan old Belfort, Wolf, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street. Street. Wolf. I saw ah. him being interviewed about it. Yeah. What What's going on? Did you buy stock in it? I did not. Are you okay? Okay. Maybe that I was okay. thinking. Maybe that's where the voice not. was coming from. Okay. So, What's happening is it pretty remarkable, Rachel. Okay, it 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 really is pretty remarkable. Okay, so this is what happened. This is what happened. Started back. Do you know what shorting a stock is? Yes. Do you know. Okay. So what? What? In, in case you guys out there don't know what shorting a stock is, shorting a stock is a bet that the price of an individual share or the of an individual company, uh, the stock price will go down. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's a bet that it'll go down. So essentially, let's see. Let's say you're gonna buy stock in Van Enterprises, right? Normally, the way you make money buying stock in Van Enterprises is you buy it low and then you sell it high, and all that money in the middle that you that you that 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 you get when the stock price goes up, you take mm-hmm. that. Well, there's another way to make money off the stock market, which is then betting that the stock price will go down. So what you do in that sense, is you borrow the stock, right? You don't buy it. You borrow the stock, right? And then after the stock is borrowed, when the stock goes down, you buy it at the new price. Mm-hmm. Now, stock doesn't have to go down. Stock could go up. So if you, then, if, you, if you bet wrong, let's say you borrow the stock at, let's say you bought it at five and you think it's going to go down to three. Okay. Okay. But right, and so you you borrow it or you you get in, you short the stock at at five. Now, if the stock goes up to to ten, then now you have to buy it back. So if you buy it back, that means you take uh, a a loss, you yep. lose five bucks. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: it doesn't have to just go up to ten. The stock could go up. Really, your losses on that stock could be. You could lose all of your money because the stock could go up to a million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very unlikely. That doesn't happen. But the stock, could, there's no, 
there's nothing that stops really the ceiling of a stock. You could lose untold amounts of money. So this is what happens. There's a company called Melvin Capital. Okay. Melvin Capital had is a hedge fund. Um, and Melvin Capital had decided that GameStop, a company that is a is a brick and mortar retail game uh, video game sell, selling company, Bozeman stop by name. No wow. nipping. Wow. Okay. Show love, but no, don't nip. All right. Look, I'm trying to look. Oh, look, look, look. you said show love. He jumped up on right. you, hi, Bozeman. Yeah. Show love, but don't nip. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just relax. So, uh, so anyway. Uh, Melvin Capital had, they, they were shorting GameStop. Mm-hmm. They looked at the price of GameStop last year and they decided, hey, GameStop uh, is not going to be profitable. I think, I don't know if they got in at 10 or whatever the price was. And they decided, hey, we're going to bet that GameStop is going to lose money. All right. Because GameStop had been, it had been around three or four or five or something like that. It had gone up a little bit. They were betting that it was going to go back down. Yeah. I didn't even know they still had those open. To be respectful now. Okay. This is like just. I'm not a gamer. I'm just, a disclaimer. Just, I'm not a gamer. I remember sure. him back in the day. So there is a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. All right. Okay. They got a lot of people on the subreddit. Here's the thing: what will drive the pro- the price of a stock up? Uh, one of the things, of course, that can drive the price of the stock up is how many people are buying the stock. More people buy right. it, the higher the stock price goes. Forget about the fundamentals of the stock, which is the earning power, how, how profitable com- the company is, any future technology. Forget about the fundamentals. If a lot of people buy a stock, a stock will go north. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what these guys from Reddit did was they bought so much GameStop that it drove the stock up. Not just to think about Melvin Capital, who got in, I, I really, I'm not sure, I think it was around 10 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Maybe it was more. It might have been like 40 bucks. I can't remember how, like what it was. But think, let's say they got in at 20. And then the stock goes up north. We're talking about $150, $200. They single-handedly brought a hedge fund to its knees. Wow. To the point to where Melvin Capital had to get a capital, they had to get a... Um, uh, an injection, like a, a a capital injection, that they had to strike a deal. They had to come be bailed out, essentially, the low, easy way to say it. They had to be bailed out by some of their friends on Wall Street. Now, something else that happened is the big part of it is why you see politicians get involved in it is Robinhood, the trading app that a lot of these traders use. Remember, because they're retail traders, they're private citizens, so they're using a trading app like Robinhood. Robinhood then took GameStop and other companies they were trying to do that, like they deleted it out of the thing so you couldn't search for GameStop and get in on it anymore and drive the, pi- the price up. So essentially what you have is something that's super duper fascinating that's happening right now. Okay. You have sort of like a revolt against some of the systems that are at play at Wall Street. See, all of these guys play play these games with money. Mm-hmm. And because people don't have the information and the access, they can't right. really get in on it. Right. But in this case, uh, these guys over at the Reddit forum got together, made a shit ton, a boatload of bread, 
and also at the same time brought a hedge fund that was playing games with the stock market to its knees. So did they know what the hedge fund was that they had short were short selling their stock? Did they See, know that? And that's why? Like, was it purposeful or were they just like, hey, we're going to do we're going to go in on this stock? Well, see, here's the deal. They had to have known. I'm actually sure about that part. Um, I, they, but they had to have known. They had to have known. Um, okay. But here's two things about it. Number one, people are talking about whether or not all of this stuff is legal. It's completely legal to do this uh, unless the only way it would be illegal is if you were operating with inside information. Right, right, right. right. If, if you had inside information, if there was something that you knew that hadn't happened yet or was going to happen, then uh, there's then, then you can't do this. On the mm-hmm. other side of it, these big hef- hedge funds, they play games with these companies too. So like if a hedge fund decides that they're going to short a specific company or a specific stock, then what mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll collude with the media, they'll collude with other things, talk uh, uh, down about the company's earning power or about shakeups that might leak all kinds of stuff, and they can artificially depress a stock's right. value thereby ensuring the bet that they made. So it's really kind of kind of nanny boo boo this kind of thing happens to you now. Now, before we move on, so people have a full understanding of this, Star Wars. It's not like this isn't going to affect working people in any way. A lot of people have their pensions and things like that invested Right. With hedge funds, hedge funds, they invest pension funds. I'm not necessarily saying that Melvin Capital is investing in people's pensions or other things like that. But if they are, mm-hmm. and they were to ru- go, go into ruin, then those people would lose all their money. Yeah. All right? This scares me. It is like, scary. Like, it scares me because I have stock. So I'm like, well, what's, not in GameStop, but just right. like, well, what's going on? Well, if you had stock in GameStop right now, you'd be balling. If yeah, you had no, because they drove it you, up. I know. Because they drove it up, you'd be balling. But, you know, and, you know, it gets to a point to where, and this kind of happens when you when you short a stock. If you short a stock, stock and the stock goes through the roof, then what your broker or whoever will say will do to you will be something called a margin call. And they'll basically say, hey, your position is fucked. All right? And because your position is fucked, we go, you, you got to either make it right or we're taking everything out of it that you have. That's a crude way of discover, uh, of saying kind of what that is. Um, now, Melvin Capital says they got out of GameStop. Uh, okay. I don't know if they did. Why do you say that? They might be lying. They might be trying to protect their reputation, range. They might be lying. Well, I don't trust anything or anybody at this point. Look. What did Jordan say? <laughs> uh, look, man, Jordan- I, I don't know. Look, you know, you know what we we should, you know what we should do, like mm-hmm. we should try to get, we should try to name, pick a company that you would like to see the uh, Wall Street bets drive up the price on. If it could be any company, just forget about the bets and whether or not, like, what well, company would you pick? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of a black-owned company. That's my first thought. Just for me. Great, just for me. Just for me, hair care. Bam. Are they publicly traded? I don't know. If just for me, if just for me, the hair care product for young black girls, just for me. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Shiny and something. Just for me. I I so wanted it. My mom was like, we're not putting that on your head. 
You're not getting a perm. You're not getting a perm. <laughs> Look, if just for me is is probably is 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 probably if it's if that's if that's publicly traded, shall I say, just for me is on there, then we should get all the Wall Street bets people to just drive up the stock of just for me. Let's do I'm it. sure like they'll make like Debbie Allen rich or something like that. I'm sure. <laughs> Debbie Allen probably owns all of them. <laughs> Connected to everything. Well, oh, but did you see this? This this um this had um uh, uh like uh AOC was talking about this. AOC was talking about the fact that she there needs to be an investigation into why Robin Hood is stopping uh private Americans, you know, American citizens from participating in the stock market. Robin Hood A needs lot to of be- people though were it wasn't yeah. just AOC, what a lot of people were uh yeah, seemed like from all <gasps> Cicely Tyson just passed away. No. Yes. No. Oh my God. I just, inter- I literally just saw her in no. October. Yes. Yes. Come on, man. All right. Okay. We're doing this on the fly. We're doing this on the fly. So oh. we have an interview with Lecrae coming up. Okay. We we have Matt James, uh, Winnie Rose. We have Mailbag. So we're going to go ahead and say that for right now, Mailbag for today is canceled. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to go right now to our interview with Lecrae. Okay. We're going to come out of the interview with Lecrae, and we're going to reflect on the life of Cicely Tyson. All right, we're going to, you guys, it's very important that you guys understand uh, just how important, um, just how just amazing, just how long the career of Cicely Tyson was. Uh, So this is in real time. Uh, We're going to go to the interview with Lecrae. We're going to come out of it and we're going to, we're going to introduce probably a lot of our audience to one of our most gifted creatives uh, in America. Uh, man. Uh, very sad. Okay, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. And that's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, yeah. Look, we're being stunned on again. Here's the thing. <laughs> it, it happens that the better the guests, the more you get stunned on. And we have a fantastic guest with us today. Uh, legitimately, one of the most talented, grounded, centered, most amazing human beings on planet Earth. Uh, he is a rapper. He is an author. I recently got the book. Well, actually, I didn't get the book. You sent me the book because, you know, that's how we get down. We brothers like that. Um, Thought Warriors, Lecrae is in the house with us today. Well, now, let me ask you a question because before I was going to introduce you, and we'll get to the book in a second, um, as I see it right over there on, on my bookshelf, I was going to introduce you as a Christian rapper. Yeah. How does that introduction sit with you? At this point in my career, man, I just realized, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of how, 
it's like it's if that's what people know you as, it's almost no point in trying to like wrestle with it. It's like Beyonce is more than an R and B singer, but that's what they're gonna call her. So it's almost like, you know what I mean? She's a pop icon. Prince, mm-hmm. I don't even know how you categorize Prince, but you know. So for me, it's like Christian to me is a better noun than adjective, but I get tired of fighting all the stuff because I'm not going to fall into the little category or the box that you probably have in your mind when you say Christian. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm. So what would be the perfect way in terms of musically that yeah. Lecrae would describe himself? I'm I, I'm. End of the day, I'm a hip hop artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love the culture. I love the craft. I so happen to be a Christian who does hip hop. I, I think it's a difference. We gonna get in there. We is, it's kind of like this. I think there's rappers who are white and then there's white rappers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's people who can spit and they're white. And then there's like a whole genre of like white rappers. And then mm. so it's like for me, there's Christian rappers like that's the whole little thing. And then there's Christians who rap. And I feel like like I'm a Christian, but I rap. I really do this. I really love the culture of hip hop. I really am. So don't throw me in the little box. So. Mm. Mm. But I feel like that's why people can resonate with you so well, because people may have stereotypes, not may, they do have stereotypes of what a Christian is or what a Christian looks like or how a Christian's supposed to be. But then you're able to bring something different to the table. And do you feel like that's what's been able, why you've been able to connect with so many people and really transcend uh, just outside of Christian rap? Yeah, I mean, end of the day, I always say to me, the church is like a greenhouse and I come from the jungle. I know how to do the greenhouse. You know what I'm saying? I've been in there, I get it. But I'm authentically from the jungle. It's just what I naturally connect to. So I think people are more shocked you know what I mean? Like, what you, how you know about that? How do you know about, I'm mm-hmm. like, you, you are under the misconception that I'm not really from this soil. So it's all good. I get it. But it, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm just in my own skin living now. I think there's something else that we leaving out when we're talking about this is that the rest of these guys ain't really nice. Like it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's it, it, you know what I mean? And I'm not, look, I've heard it, it. Cause what happens is when you grow up near the church, I'm obviously from down there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, very churchy. People give you Christian rap to listen to. When they hear you listen, I never forget, I was listening to MC Hammer, and I don't know why they thought Hammer's music was of the devil. That's kind of what you would want people to listen to. But one of my pastors was like, hey, I I know you like the Hammer, but there's this other guy. These are just other guys that rap, and you want to try them, okay? These are great. And they gave me a DC talk tape. That's what I was, that's who I got too. Now look, I'm not dissing. (laughs) But it wasn't for me. It's not. This, it's not like it, it didn't have the same. It was unfamiliar. You right. know what I'm saying? It was. <laughs> but earlier in this decade, I can't remember. It's like I, it had to be maybe like 2012 or something like that. I can't remember what it was. My homeboy Ian goes, "Hey, bro, is this new Christian rapper?" I was like, "Nah, that's okay." I don't know. Hey, I was like, "Nah, I want to." He's like, "No, but this dude is seriously. He nice. He nice, and it was you." Yeah. Um and so since then I've I've been a fan. We've uh, run into you. We've talked before. Since then I've been I've been a huge fan. I guess my question for you is this: Whenever anyone wins an award and they get on the stage, the first person they thank is God, right? Right. Um, 
And that's kind of what my, my dad used to say. God exists. He, he has the biggest presence on award show stages and in foxholes. Mm. That's like when you, that's when you hear this, that's when you hear about God. Mm. Is it possible to be a devout Christian, have God up on an award stage with you, but not necessarily flowing throughout your music? Because you, you you're so grounded in who you are that when I listen to your songs, I get a, I get a, 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 a an understanding of your faith. There are a lot yeah. of other rappers out there, and I'm not trying to call any, each other. I'm just asking the question that I wouldn't know they were Christians yeah. uh, if they didn't say it when they were getting an award because their their music isn't about that. Where do you stand on that? Do you have an opinion? Yeah, I think um, it's it's probably a lot more complex. It's probably not as simple as all that, but I think um, in my in my experience. People love to attribute good things to a deity, you know what I'm saying? Like, or even a universe or whatever. They rarely will they attribute negative things to you. Don't hear people saying, Man, I I just wanna, man, I'm so mad at the universe. You know what I'm saying? It's usually like, I just want to thank the universe. The universe. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I feel like people usually attribute good things to like some higher power and um and just trying to be consistent with that, I feel like that's what ends up happening. When something good happens for you, you just want to feel like, man, like God is smiling on you or, you you know, you're like, wow, how did this happen? And um, and so some people may be sincere. Some people may be like, yo, I am sincerely believe God did this. Other people may be like, that's just kind of like the lullaby effect. That's just what you do. You know what I mean? You take your right. hat and you come in the building. Like, I don't know why I'm taking my hat off, but I guess right. some kind of way it's respectful. So I, I, I think feel like it's more like that type of thing. Hmm. You know, I want to talk about what it is to be a Christian today. Because Van and I have had these conversations on the podcast, and I feel like it's always hard to be a Christian in the world, but it seems even harder than ever just because. Uh, people are using Christianity to either tell you to stay in your lane or using it as a weapon. And I know that it's even been used against you because you've been very vocal about standing up for Black Lives Matter, whether it be on social media or just even beyond that. And a lot of Christians, I don't know if I should say a lot, but Christians have accused you of spreading a divisive message or have been t- kind of told you just stick to the gospel. You know, like we don't, we don't get involved in, in all of that. And I'm curious for you, like, how do you reason that? And how do you handle that? You're mm. driving off the deep end. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, ju- we just met, but let's go. <laughs> uh, man, I just, you know what? I think, I think there's, there's Christianity and then there's America. American evangelicalism, which is not mm-hmm. really, it's like this mix of Christian belief and nationalism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think they're not, they're not the same thing. Like this Eastern religion started by a Jewish Palestinian man, you know what I mean? It's not the same thing as this, um, you know, um, conservative Republican evangelical movement that we see happening. And I think if people went and traveled more, 
Like I've been around the world. I've been, a, you know, seen the Coptics in Egypt, in Egypt, in the in in the the, the the folks in Ethiopia and in Japan. And I've seen it's so much bigger than what we look at in the United States. So you kind of have to deal with the dogma that exists here and just be like, y'all don't get it. But I mean, that's why they killed Jesus, because they didn't get it the same way then as they don't get it now. So it's almost like ah, it just comes with the territory. Um, I think it's unfortunate because it drives, pushes a lot of people away. Like they they begin to believe that what they're seeing is authentic Christianity. And it's really just this, it's dogma. You know what I'm saying? It's it's probably some people who sincerely believe this, but but end of the day, what you got to understand is all throughout history, there's always been some Christians who use the Bible or use, or, or people who use the Bible, I won't call them Christians, people who use the Bible for their own selfish motives from Constantine to the slave masters to people praying over the, the bombs bombing Japan to the church fathers in Germany being anti-Semitic and, you know, inspiring Hitler. Like they're always going to use it. And I mean, it's, it happens with all religions. You know what I mean? They just try to use it for their own selfish desires. And I don't think that was the, I know that's not the heartbeat and the intention. So end of the day, I just be like, all right, cool. That's what y'all want to believe. Then I mean, more power to you. I feel bad for you, but I'm going to keep doing what I do. Hmm. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm frustrated. I'm personally frustrated. Yeah. And it, um, I'm frustrated and I'm sad. And uh, I need to be restored. <laughs> I'm serious. And, and, and I'm frustrated because... Jesus's message is pretty simple and it um and that's why it's so beautiful right it's it's just it's pretty simple and to be honest with you whether or not you believe that Christ died to save your your soul it has nothing to do with it like even philosophically the message of Jesus is pretty beautiful and pretty straight up the co-opting that you say has happened that we all can agree has happened my question is, do you think that the that it's has been co-opted co-opted consciously to mislead people? Because see, my thing is when I see uh, when I see people yelling, screaming and talking about I, I I wonder if they understand the very simple rules that Christ gave as to how to be the best human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's specific rules about how to have your soul saved. But then there are specific rules about just how to live. Yeah. And I can't believe that these that some of these people have misinterpreted these rules to this degree. There's got to be something more to it. Am I wrong for thinking that it's purposely misleading people with the way that some of these people are acting? No, I think for sure that's what they do. I mean, that's it's the book of Eli. You see the book of Eli, it's like yeah. when you yeah. Know- but I, but I do think that there's certain people in, in powerful positions who manipulate truth to manipulate people. And then there's the minions who, who believe it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like they, they are sincere. I believe, I honestly think there was some sincere people storming the Capitol thinking that God endorsed that nonsense. I think mm-hmm. they sincerely believed it, but they were taught to believe that. And they, in the same way, by people who like, knew be- by people who knew better. Exactly. Right. People who knew better. Exactly. Right. Right. I, right. Yes. I totally believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, power, it's scary. Though. I mean, yeah. it's power. That's what you do. You know what I mean? It's like you see that all over the place. I think it matters more 
it may matter more to you and me because we've seen something beautiful get corrupted where other people never gave it a chance. It's like my music. That's how I feel. It's like, bro, I promise I'm just trying to make good art. No, I got that Christian stamp on it, bro. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. But look, Craig, wouldn't you say that, and you kind of mentioned this when you were, when you were talking a little bit before that, We've seen this happen throughout history where people use religion to hold other people down or, you know, to to manipulate certain people to do things the way that they want them to, specifically slavery. I mean, the Bible was was used and, you know, scripture was used and they had people preaching this, even black preachers going around, you know what I mean, to hold us down in that way. You mentioned something on your social media where you talked about the idolization of government and you talked about uh, government, idolizing government and politics and that it's at the root of multiple problems in the church. I was wondering if you could like speak a little bit more on that. Yeah, I mean, that's just the whole thing. It's like when you believe nationalism is when you exalt the nation above humanity. So all of a sudden it's not it's no longer about the people in the nation. It's about the nation itself. It's the empire. You know what I'm saying? You want the empire to to win at the cost of humanity. So it's like, yo, for our nation to be a superpower, I don't care if innocent black people got to get killed in the street. That's what's got to happen for this nation to be a superpower. And that's mm-hmm. where you start blending nationalism with your faith because you feel like God has somehow made your nation the special one. Like, oh yeah, this is God's special nation. So it's got to win, which is really stupid. It's, it's, it's antithetical to the whole idea of a global faith because mm-hmm. it's global. So, right. you know what I'm saying? It's like, like to me, it's always, it's trippy to me. People be like, yo dog, you see what's going on right now? I think God coming back. I'm like, if I if you was living in Nigeria, you would think God coming back for the next <laughs> 50 years. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. America's not the center of God's agenda, you know what I mean? So that that kind of pisses me off in as far as that's concerned. But 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 yeah, to answer your question, I think people just marry the nation to like, I mean, they believe it because the constitution was. You're like, oh, these were Christian dudes, and they, they got it from the. Some sure. people believe the Constitution is the Bible. They really mm. do. Mm. Yeah, and they literally believe the Constitution is the Bible. Mm-hmm. So and never have read it. Right. And never have read. It. <laughs> right. Interesting like the document. Bible. Like, some, like the, you know? the Bible. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna ask you one more question along this, and then I want to get into something. Else. I want to get on my rap shit with you. Um. Uh. There's one specific issue that Rachel and I talked about on this podcast, and it has to do with somebody who I know. I'm just gonna ask you about this. I don't know. Was, 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 <laughs> I don't even know this is going. Do you know? Do, do you know what it? Maybe what I, I know, but I might. Maybe. I might. No, no. Has to do. Uh, you, Rachel, you do know. Has to do with it, with somebody I know. Somebody who's a pastor at a big church. Okay. okay. We okay. really, we really got into. We it really on this got one. into it on this one. <laughs> somebody who's a pastor at a big church. Carl Lentz. All right. Oh. Carl Lentz. You know Pastor Carl. I'm sure you yep. know Pastor Carl. Yep. Um. Now, me and Rachel were going back and forth. What I was wondering is if it was proper for Hillsong to have fired Pastor Carl because of everything that had happened, being that to me, I think when someone falls, that's the moment that you have the uh, the opportunity to demonstrate grace. Because mm-hmm. there's a family and there's a wife and there's all of this. Not saying that the guy is a perfect guy, but just yeah. saying that after everything that's happened, there seems to have been like, a huge, 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 huge turning on him 
I'm not saying that the, the shit that was going on was 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 cool or kosher or whatever. I guess, am I wrong for thinking that somebody like that in that position, uh, that part of being a Christian is being an active Christian and maybe counseling and helping repair in that situation is sort of the better uh, a road to take other than like breaking them apart, kicking them out of the church, ripping them of their leadership role. You have a leadership role in a lot of people's faith. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I, so yes and no. I agree. But I also think there's levels to it. Like, I think the the role of a pastor is like real significant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of like you're trusted to guide people. It doesn't mean you're better or you like have you you have a different moral code you gotta live by, so to speak. But it does mean like, hey, people gotta trust you and and trust that you got situations set up around you to keep you in a in a in a healthy space. Right. And so, you know, you just wanna be able to trust somebody in that position. Now, yes, I agree with you that, you know, hey. People get shot every day, B. People mess up every day. We saying all the time. It's mm-hmm. affairs popping off all over the place. So mm-hmm. that's it's not anything new. It's something that restoration can be applied to. It's something that help and healing. And honestly, what you probably will see in most minority churches is if something like that happened, he might get sat down for a little while. Not even. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, uh, or, or saying, some, you may, you may uh, put it to the side for a minute and then right. you know, have to, yeah, got me, you go through some counseling or something and then get it back on right. track. So, I do think, I do think that too often this kind of American church infrastructure or Western is so business oriented, it's, it's, it's modeled after a, a, a business, you know. So it's, it's, you know, you come, it's a building, there's funds, you got to manage clientele. And and so I think you, it's easier to fire people or or cut them out or excommunicate them because it's more of a business infrastructure than it is like a a place, a community of God. You know what I mean? So I think if it wasn't so business oriented, you wouldn't see as much of that. But when people start thinking about money, they're going to lose and then it's hard. Would you like to see Pastor Carl get another chance? Yeah, I think everybody. I mean, well, I don't know his his specific situation. I do right. think he. I do think it is always worth it to reach out to try to restore somebody to try to get them to help the healing that's necessary and to see their redemption story to see that God can can make a masterpiece out of a mess. That's always the best option. Always mm. work. It yeah. sounds like Lecrae and I said the same thing. That's man. not what you said. That is that is exactly what I That's said. not what you said at all. Because I don't said. believe that he should be kicked to the curb. I mm-hmm. said he shouldn't have that position. Yeah. That's what I said. He shouldn't have the position anymore. Come on. we all, don't, don't get upset. You lost this one. I do want to ask you this before you... It's not about you, losing. I, it's not I about do. losing. David, read your Bible. David did all... You know what? That's okay. Oh, I know you know, you know Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Uh, it happens you all the time. Tell, it happens you don't have to the, tell it, me. It happens. I, but God, God works. Whatever. Let's not fight in front of company. Go okay, ahead and ask the question to the great Let me ask this question before yeah. you get into the... It, it's a wrap right. like you want to. Right. I do want to give you the chance to talk about this because I know people like Charlie Kirk have told other Christians to not listen to your music because you supported 
now Senator Raphael Warnock. And I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. I did see the video that you did um, on YouTube where you were talking about your stance on, you know, pro-choice versus pro-life. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to address that because I think a lot of us are, are know people who say certain things like this, even to us. Oh, you support this. So... I'm against you for this. Or how could you, as a Christian, could you support this? So I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about it. I never got into a real rap beef, beef before. So I always wanted somebody to be like, yo, tell me about <laughs> someone. And I could be like, who? Who that? I never heard of. <laughs> nah, but... Uh... <laughs> no, I like that. Man. I like that. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll just say this. You know, you... I don't think people see the amount of racist rhetoric that comes out their mouth when they try to cancel, you know what I'm saying? Like you represent one of the largest majority white institutions and organizations out there. And you're saying, don't invite this black man into another church again like that's so all the white supremacy wrapped up in that is crazy that they don't right. even see it like that's wild mm-hmm. to me but then even on a spiritual level it's like bro who are you you can't cancel god's plans if god want to use me he gonna use me what you what are you talking about you know what mm. I mean? like you can't stop the hand of god like if god don't want to use me then cool but if he do he do and uh and then i guess more more than anything for me i don't believe either it, first of all, it's sad that you so connect the church to a political party that a person who votes opposite of you or you or you perceive that they voted opposite of you is now some sort of heretic or some sort of like the Antichrist. That's crazy to me. Eighty six percent of black people vote progressive. Yeah, you know I'm saying. And or no, I'm sorry. Ninety six percent of black people vote progressive. Eighty six percent of white people vote conservative. That's just America. You know what I mean? So what it tells me is you haven't done the research to understand why black people vote in the way they do. Mm-hmm. And, and you've taken this higher moral ground as it pertains to pro-life as if, you know, babies in a womb are are more important than in a, than Tamir Rice outside the womb. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, you, you got the higher moral ground. How about we care about it all and right. we're making decisions in the midst of everything going on that we feel like best suit our situation in our in our circumstances that's you can give people the the, the, the freedom to do that but these folks mm-hmm. man but anyway who was that dude you was talking about who was uh, don't remember. <laughs> yeah i never understood like i like i never understood that god gives you free will but it seems like sometimes they don't want to right they want to they want to govern by they want to govern by dogma but we, you can't do that that's antithetical to we, we have to kind of govern in the best interest for everyone and then tell right. people what we think is is the be, are the best option you know what i mean <laughs> we have to govern like we have to say hey you're free to do that but look if there's any way to have you not do it i'll help you but whatever it what, what like whatever it is right cuz if that was the case then i don't understand i've always said this to you know cuz i go back and forth if that was the case then premarital sex would be illegal that's a sin. Man. Like, like why it is that illegal? Much sense right now. You got <laughs> not, not only is that not illegal, it's amazing. Okay, let's move on. But now let me ask you this. Just on something else, because I'm, you know, I get my bag when I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking to myself, I have hip hop 
arguments with my friends all the time. And we talk about top fives. And sometimes we talk about top fives. Sometimes we talk about who's hot. We talk about who's doing this, who's doing that, who's doing this. It's rare that anyone ever brings your name up. And I know why. I know why, because they don't think that you are one of those other rappers, right? It's it, it's the filter of the actual Christian rap moniker. Maybe it doesn't make them listen. Maybe they don't do it. Maybe they don't rank you alongside uh, some of these other guys. Does that bother you? Like, do you think that you are one of the top five rappers in the game? Do you think you are the best rapper in the game? Do you think you deserve a place in that conversation? Nah, they don't bother me. And the reason why it don't bother me is because, nah, I, I, feel like, I feel like I run in my lane very well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I run in my lane very well. And um, I never, I, I, I appreciate those who do amazing things and they're, you know, it's funny because we have this conversation all the time. Like, I'll be like, to me, Royce the Five Nine is one of the most technically gifted rappers out there, right? Right. My like, God, shout out Royce. Technically, amazingly gifted. Yeah. And it's rare for people to be like, he's my top five. But I'm like, but he's technically better than a lot of the people in your top five. You know what I mean? So what are we, like, how are we basing this? What are we basing it off of? Influence? You know, like Tupac was hella influential. He mm-hmm. may not have been the most like uh, metaphor, wordplay, all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? But he connected with you on a deep level. So I feel like for me, I know I connect with people on a deep level. So even if I'm not like if they if I'm never seen as like, yo, he's the most technically gifted or he's this or he's that. I know they like, bro, nobody speaks to my soul within hip hop like this man does. And that mm. to me is the greatest compliment. If somebody's like, you, you speaking that real to my soul and, and it's what I need. Um, Cause that, that's what I aim to do. And so you think I, you're the, you think you're the deepest rapper in the game? I don't know about the deepest, but I'm giving, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm giving you an opportunity to talk your shit right now. And you're just, <laughs> and, and you're too Lecrae, covered. Just, just turn you're around. Too covered. Just you're turn too around. covered. Just show, just show he's too covered. He's too covered in the blood. He's like, Lola? <laughs> you look at him right there. He's too covered in the blood. It's like, you, you know what I mean? Like, but, but it, seriously, it's a question because I'm, I'm talking to people. I'm, I'm talking to my little brother and one of the guys that put me on you, he goes like, man, ask Nick if he, if he, if he mad that people sleep on how nice he is. I just think, I think like period point blank, when it comes to anything that has to do with a, a spiritual or religious category, people tend to not give credit to the amount of talent that go like, to me, Kirk Franklin is on some next, like he's one of the most musical, he's a musical genius. He wrote all mm. them songs. Mm-hmm. But, but they not going to celebrate him like they celebrate Prince. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they not, because they, oh, he's a gospel guy. You know right. what I mean? I'm like, yo, this man wrote these crazy songs, played mm-hmm. them, orchestrated right. them. And I don't think he'll get that credit. So I think because of that, you know, I don't know where I would fit if it wasn't for that, I don't know how I would fit in hip hop. Sometimes I think about that. I feel like, you know, I don't know where I would sit or where I would fit um, in a lot of ways. I, I, I guess I'll never know, but 
but it, I don't feel like, yo, I'm Andre 3000 level. You know what I mean? I feel like he's at a, you know, he's amazing. He just has mm-hmm. contributed music in a way like none other. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know where I'm at. Maybe I'm, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know where I sit. Like, where would you be? Like, you think you rap better than, let's say, Drake? Drake That's is, a yes. He was going to say yes. <laughs> Drake is amazing at what he does. And he's a great executor. I I I don't know about his writing. I can't speak. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Okay, I feel you. I, I, I feel. I feel you. I feel you. There, there was a whole thing there, Rachel. What did you have? You were like you, Rachel. You want to get deep into the hip hop situation with Lecrae? No. I, I and knew, I feel I like, and I knew, feel I like, I and I feel like you, you're trying to take. Do you do you want to do a follow up question? Because I feel like you're trying I did, to take nope, a jab. Nope, like, nope. No, I just knew that. I, I just gonna, knew you weren't gonna come in. To, yeah, what do you think about Cool G rap? I just wasn't expecting <laughs> it. So go ahead. I was I was good with when I said DC talk. That was that was pretty much it for me. <laughs> that was pretty much it for me. No, but speaking of music though, you are working on a new mix. Ah, you are working on a new mixtape, Church Clothes Four. Now I read that. When you did Restoration last year, you said that that might be your last full album. Is that mm. true? I mean, I just, I don't know. But I'll put it to you like this. I definitely, I definitely am, I feel like I said what I needed to say on Restoration. So I'd have to be inspired in some new kind of way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I have to be inspired in some new kind of way to have a whole album's worth of material. Um like church clothes is one is my hip hop contribution. It's just I, I don't really care about the commercial offerings. I'm just about to it's straight rap. That's just like a rap project. So I'm not really worried about it. It's the, the, the thing for me with albums is it's so much, it's like there was so much expectation, and it's like, all right, this combination mm. and this song, and now you gotta get the feature, and then the, you know, it's like all these particular things, and it kind of takes away the fun or just getting in the studio and crafting music, which is kind of where I'm at. You know, I think the expectation level gets so high once you accomplish so much that it takes the fun out of it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you had a platinum single with Tori Kelly. What you going to do now? And I'm like, right. bro, I just mm-hmm. want to go in the studio and be inspired. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But I'm about to have fun with this one. I really want to make, you know, some good classic hip hop music because in the, the day, that's really where I come from. And um, that's what I'm excited about. Mm. So the book, I Am Restored. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fantastic work. Thank you, man. Actually gave me a deeper understanding of who you are and how, and like, and just of how all of this, you know, manifests itself. You know, we've, yeah. we've been going back and forth, kicking texts and stuff back and forth for a couple of years now, but yeah. I really feel like, you know, it's a deeper understanding of your worldview. I feel like right now, America needs to be restored. And not saying that it was better before. Uh, right. Not saying that there's ever been a good time necessarily for us. But there is something recently that was specifically lost. It feels like it feels like there were times just recently where things have changed. If you were going to pray or ask for the restoration of America from God, what mm. specifically would you ask for right now? When you look out there, what do you feel like we're missing? I mean, there's no, this sounds cliche, but it's not. When I say it, I'll, I'll try to unpack it. But 
genuine love, man. Like loving your neighbor as yourself, like seeing people as people, even though we're different and we have different views and beliefs, like we're, we're on some civil war type vibes right now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a us and a them. And I think, um, to me, it's like, that is where selfishness and where arrogance and where pride and as a man of faith, where I feel like, you know, the devil wins the day because you now you playing the game. You know what I mean? It's like, so, so look at, I look at it like this, you know, if, if the black community, just using it as an example, let's say to take the black community once upon a time, we was all together and we was hanging out and everybody was cool barbecues and picnics and the whole nine, whatever. Um, and then it's like this block started getting bigger and stronger. And this block was like, yo, why y'all getting bigger and stronger? Uh, now we the bloods and we the crips. And now it's like we fighting against each other, but we, but it's like, man, look how big we've gotten. Look how big we've gotten. And y'all proud of, of how big you've gotten individually, but y'all are playing the wrong game because the game y'all should have been playing was building up the entire black community as a whole so that it has some power in this nation, you know, and that, and that you can move the mountains and shift the things you want to shift. So I just feel like we are, we're, we're, we're playing into the hands of the enemy by allowing all this stuff to fester. You know what I mean? Instead mm. of seeing each other, like, you know, collectively. And I mean, I know it sounds like some kumbaya stuff, but I'm saying if we really, no. like, sure. if we saw each other, like Dr. King said, on the basis of our character, then, you know, we wouldn't have to have these issues. Black people wouldn't be talking about Black Lives Matter if y'all, if we wasn't worried about y'all seeing us as, you know, like them thugs over there. You know, if you were yeah. really yeah. at the content of our character, we wouldn't have to be talking about our our color, our ethnicity mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But that's not the reality that we live in. So mm. it's very true. Well said. I don't want to ask another question after that. You don't? That was great. You're out? I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> that hey, was great. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I'm going to let Lecrae you know, I'll just let, let you guys know something about Lecrae. I'm like 6'4". Lecrae's gigantic. Like you, like you, I met Lecrae one time and I turned around. I thought Lecrae was Shook Security. I was he, he, like, he was in, like, he was in, I, I'm not even joking. Where I saw you at, I saw you at the, uh, at uh at the at the Beverly Hilton or something like that. Oh yeah, y'all okay. l- let y'all know something. Lecrae is godly, <laughs> but don't make. But that don't mean he don't. You know, God said. You know, God wants you to be prosperous, and Lecrae is prosperous out here, man. You know, he's he's doing his thing. So when I didn't see Lecrae at the Motel Six or the Westin, Lecrae was at the Beverly Hilton. Why well, he gotta be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, it's brilliant. You you hoop, you got, you got basketball pass and stuff like that, right? I like nice things, you know. What I'm saying? I ain't not, you don't have to explain yourself here, saying, Lecrae. I ain't saying if you trust God, He gonna give them to you. But I'm just saying if you can serious, right? Hey, listen. Seriously, I am continuously inspired by you, bro. I'm continuously inspired by somebody who makes Christianity cool, who makes it accessible, and more than any of that, who just makes great music and, and contributes mm-hmm. to the culture, bro. So right. I, I have a great deal, a great amount of respect for you, and I wish you nothing, nothing but success in everything that you want to do. And when you want to battle Drake, when you want to do the whole thing, when you want to call him, I, we, we, we're here for that too. Well, so you could do it here. 
Because you yeah, need it. Because yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you said you ain't never had a rap beef before. I think you need one. I think I, you, I, I almost know. had one with Game one time, but he was tweaking. I was like, bro, I'm not even trying to. What are you talking about? Right. Right. Now? But see, it would be good if like you had like a like a like a positive beef. A positive rap beef. Like instead of a instead what of what does a, that look like? Because like somebody dissed him, right? And then mm-hmm. instead, how about this? Somebody dissed Lecrae, and then Lecrae writes a, a response track called "The Other Cheek." <laughs> 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 and it's about all the ways he and he just son him. The whole culture will be behind you. They'll be like, yo, bro, Lecrae Le Jedi mind tricked him, bro. Now out the other cheek, the whole nine, I'm telling you. That'll be hot. It's, it's, it's some folk, it's a dude named uh Saga who's like a battle rapper. He be on that for real. Like, check him mm. out. He be really on that. I'll be like, yo, you I couldn't be a battle rapper because. Cause I, I'm saved, but my battles, my battle raps ain't. So I don't think ah! I can do it. I'll be like, man, you good. Alright, my man. Uh appreciate you, bro. As always. Yes. Um uh go get the book I Am Restored. When you drop in the new restoration is out now. When you drop in uh the, the project. Mixtape. 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 Uh hopefully, I mean 2021. I don't know when yet, you know what I'm saying? It just depends who I got to get in the studio with, you know what I mean? So it just depends on who I'm rocking with. But yeah, I'll probably, you know, if the a world opens back up, I'll be out in LA recording some stuff as well. So, you know what I mean? Word up. All right, my man. Appreciate you, brother. Wish yes, you well. Yes, thanks for being Thank here. You. Oh, man. Thank you, Thank man. y'all. I had a fun, I had a blast. Peace. Okay. So, you, uh, you said that you had just interviewed Cicely Tyson. I did. Um, I just interviewed Cicely Tyson on the red carpet at the opening of Tyler Perry's new studios. And I did it for extra. This was October of, I said last year. Wow. So much time passes. It was 2019. It was October of 2019. And, um, I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting her and, and just talking to her about what the moment meant. She was being honored what it meant to be honored. Um, if you don't know, Tyler Perry studios are in Atlanta and they were built on a Confederate army uh, base used to be on that land. So from going from that to having a black owned studio where he was naming them after the people who had inspired Tyler Perry was naming them after the people who had inspired his career. Uh, Cicely Tyson was there. She was beautiful. She was powerful. She actually was speaking to me. Sadly enough, Diane Carroll had just passed away the day before. So she was reflecting on her life as well. Um, man, Cicely Tyson is a trailblazer. I mean, for as long as I can remember, she has been on our television screens or TV screens on the big screen. Um, yeah. yeah. Seven, seven decade long, uh, career. She was 96. Uh, You guys, 96 96 when she passed away, uh, was uh, nominated. Um, uh, actually received an honorary Academy Award, was nominated for an Academy Award uh, for Sounder. Okay. Oh, Sounder. Amazing, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, like, really, to be honest with you, the career itself was just one that was kind of, uh, she was synonymous with elegance, she was synonymous mm-hmm. with class, and she was synonymous with just rich, rich, rich performances. Like, 
I remember uh, when I was a kid, my, we had on VHS this movie, the autobiography of Jane Pittman. Yeah. And that was kind of like the first time I saw Cicely Tyson. But, and my mother would tell me that this was the best actress in the world. This was the best actress in the world. Cicely Tyson was the best actress in the world. And you, you want to know something weird? It was one of the first times that I can remember, not that my parents didn't tell me different things like this all the time, but it was the first time that I can actually remember connecting somebody being the best in the world at something to being mm. black. You know what I mean? So like when you learned about, uh, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and and Jackie Robinson and all of those people, there was always a, a past casting to it. Yeah. Like these were war people who lived and had done great things. Uh, and I would go on to have heroes that were black and who were the best in the world and stuff. You know, Michael Jordan, guys like that. Uh, you know, Barack Obama and all the people like that all throughout my life. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's enough excellence to, to choose from. But I remember my mother didn't say, hey, look at this historical figure. I remember she said, this lady right here is the best actress in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, that like, that that was, and I looked at Cicely Tyson as that for my entire you know, young life. And yeah. she was among the very best actresses who have ever lived before. And you have to think about the times, the times when she was on our, I mean, obviously Van just said, you know, for 70 years, she's been, she's been working. She's continued to work. But when she started out, you didn't see many people of color on your, your TV screen in the yeah. movies that way. You didn't have, we didn't have superstars. We couldn't look. That's why people, uh, speak so the way they do about Diane Carroll. There were mm -hmm. so many firsts with them. And so when you saw yourself represented, they were a hero to you because you didn't see that that often. And that's what Cicely Tyson was. Mm. It was amazing. Like yeah. an amazing, amazing career. And just a life well lived. 96 years old with all of the things that she was able to accomplish. Um, in a time where, look, man, I mean, we're still talking about the roles that Black women uh, are, are allowed to play or giving license to play as leads in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There needs to be more. But mm -hmm. think about if we're having that conversation today in 2021. Yeah. What must it have been like to, to be respected, to be taken seriously, and to have your art uh, really recognized in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s? You know what right. I mean? And right. it's people like her, Cicely Tyson, that's the reason why we have the Octavia Absolutely. Spencers and the Viola Davises, you know, the Regina Kings. And you're going to hear way, way, way more eloquent tributes than anything that I could say about it. But Absolutely. There's almost not as, there's not enough you could say about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. rest in peace, Miss Cicely Tyson. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Rachel, I watched it. I watched The Bachelor. Man. Okay. I watched The Bachelor. Remember, I told you mm -hmm. this was an episode where that was going to really get to you. All right. Okay. I told you to watch it till the end. Right. Because you wanted thoughts. me to see, you wanted me to see King Weenus and his moves. That's what you wanted me to see. You wanted me to see uh, King Weenus the first and his dance skills. You know he's a weenie. Just go ahead and say it. I will not. I, I'm going to be honest with you. He was cru cruising along this episode. 
Doing okay. And he was cruising along okay. at a 1.5 weenus rating. He was cruising along. It was a weenie and a half. He gets 0.5 weenie for just being himself. And then he gets another 0.5 weenie just for some of the stuff, even though he had a great day with, uh, was there, Michelle? Mac- Michelle, new Michelle, new girl who came in. New yeah, girl who yeah. could. Um, and then I was just giving him another 0.5 weenus just because. Just because there was a lot of stuff that was Can't going on in break. the house. Can't catch a break. So I was going to give him a 1.5 weenus, which is a sparkling weenie score for Matt. Okay. And then the dancing took us to level 7 weenusville. Off the scale. <laughs> Off the scale. Rachel, am I, am I wrong? You're not. Th- this I said... I couldn't even defend Matt James on. Now, you know, I feel like I got to take up for him because especially in the black community, there aren't right. too many people who are rooting for Matt James. They feel like they already know who he is. They've written him off. And I don't want to be that person. But I couldn't back Matt up on this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I felt like the producers were trolling him on this. But this, this, is, this, is, this is what was so bad. It's not just that he did it. He did it and he thought he killed it. He thought he was... They're jamming. And let me tell you what it reminded me of. You you went you went to majority white schools for a second, right? Sure. Okay. So did I. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like when you're all the white people think that you can kill whatever dance is out there. Anytime mm-hmm. a song comes on, they think that you can hit that. Right. And they cheer you, go Van, go Rachel. They just really expect you and they hype you up, even if you have no rhythm. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're black and they expect you to be able to dance. (laughs) I can tell Matt James has been in that circle many times. He did not read the room. He really, it was like in another circle that he would be the shit for doing that. On national TV, we weren't giving him a pass. These are the types of things that get you, that get you put in Weenie Purgatory, which is not, it's not a show-to-show rating. I didn't know it was a thing. So there's something called Weenie Purgatory. And what that is, is, you know, if you guys, Purgatory is between heaven and hell, and it's a place that you can stay there and either go up to heaven or go down to hell. Matt James is in danger of going to Weenie Purgatory, which means that he will no longer be rated. Show by show on his weenusness. He will be pre-weenied and then have to prove that he deserves to get out of weenie purgatory. We're getting close to that moment. We're not quite there yet. We're getting close to that moment. The only thing that really saves me from railing on Matt like more for that dance is the fact that something so disgusting happened in this episode of The Bachelor that I can't even get over it. The whole, the whole escort stuff. Oh, yeah. Is this really what we're doing? Yeah. It's so, I, it's so disgusting. Like, was it Anna and Katie, I think, were their names? Or was it Anna and Katie? Katie's Is, been good about not letting this stuff continue. Anna's the one who brought the rumor to life. Anna brought the rumor, but who was it about, though? What was the girl's name? Brittany. She's a new girl. Brittany. 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 Is, is that the type of stuff we're doing on TV now? Like I know. That, that Anna chick, Anna, Anna meant, Anna is going to get, you know, five out of five weenies for Anna. Anna's, Anna, Anna's going to get 
she's she's going to have to disappear. Now, I hope people don't, I mean, like, she's going to get it really bad. She's she's already getting it, right? Because this this happened, this happened on Monday. But I don't know what the show is doing. I've never seen a storyline like this because you will see in the next episode how far this goes or doesn't go without giving it away. But the fact that you let this sit there and they teased it. That's, that's, that's my issue. You teased this. We knew it was coming. We didn't know how it was going to play out, but we knew it was coming. Even when it was teased, I thought, oh, this is going to be like really trivial. It's not going to be a big storyline. It's just going to be like something they say and it, and it, they dismiss it. But you're messing with this person's life at this point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and no shame to her if she is an escort, but just, mm-hmm. but the way it was presented, it was presented in a negative way. Like she should be shamed for it. Like a bombshell allegation. Like yeah. you couldn't have been an escort and then decided that you wanted to like come on the show and try to find love or something like that. Yeah. A lot of the ways, and I'm, it was just, it was framed horribly. It was offensive on many different levels. And then it was like, used as almost part of the drama of the show. It you know, was. I don't it know, was. man. Rach, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't, I don't know what the, sh- I don't know what type of audience the show is trying to attract. I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, like, it's almost laughable that, like, even she says it. She's like, it sounds so ridiculous. Like, we had a girl on a podcast the other day and I was like asking her about it. Like, what, were you friends with this person? I was like, were you friends with the escort? Like, almost like it's so ridiculous to even say. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. can't believe that you teased this for weeks and now it's here. You'll you'll see what happens in the next episode. But yeah, I don't know mm. what the show's got going on right now. I don't know what kind of drama we're trying to dig up. Yeah. Maybe is it is it maybe that because they can't do enough stuff and go enough places. They have to get a little bit more scuzzier and slimier because that whole thing was really disgusting. I felt so sorry. It's, it's, it's so yeah, hard for, for me to feel sorry for a white woman. That's, some, <laughs> that's, that's so sorry for me to feel sorry. It's, it's hard for me to feel sorry for a white woman. It's weird. It. It's, it, it's, it's like, you know, it's like sometimes I watch things and I see white women and I'm like, oh, it's so hard. And I go, ah. But, uh, but, <laughs> but, but, this. but this, you know, this was very it's tough, man. I can't imagine what I would do if somebody was making those accusations about me. You know what? I would go on a full-out panic. You know what I mean? Like it's, I heard somebody saying, is there a legal issue here? You know, it is slander. On the flip side, you could, if if I was, let's say it was The Bachelorette, right? Mm-hmm. And I was accused of being like a sex worker. Yeah, like you're, you know? you're a contestant, uh-huh. I'm a contestant, right? You know what I would do? What? After the show was over, I would start that OnlyFans. Why so not? So you just play into it. People out here getting money. I, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying you would you would play into it. I know a girl who said she made seventy five thousand last month on OnlyFans. The what does Feezy. she do? What does she have to do? That's what I want to know. These people who are making big money, what are they doing? You know what? You know what could you know what you could do? You could put the OnlyFans up there, and then by the time people knew that you were scamming them and you weren't going to do anything on the OnlyFans, you probably got like a quick come up. Didn't somebody do that? Like Bella Thorne, she made Bella like two million dollars or million. something like that, <clears throat> and didn't do anything. Look, they got Bozeman back in here. You heard? Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I should start an OnlyFans for Bozeman. 
Can you do both. that for for dogs? I know people like do it. I think I told you before for feet and stuff like that. Can you do it for pets? Uh, you might be able to bows. Bows is handsome. Bo. Don't put it. Don't put them out there like that. Nah, bows like that shit. Bows is a ham. Bows be running around here. No, bows is getting to. Bows is getting to an age where he's starting to learn some things about himself. Bose might... <laughs> how this. old? How old is he at this point? I think he's three months. No, we, no, he's a. Uh, he's like a. Uh, look, here he is. Oh, right you hear us talking about you. He was talking about you, Bozeman. Yeah. All right. Uh, look, Rachel, we have to talk about a story that is not so fun to talk about. Um, Chat Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you guys saw this. Chat Wheeler, uh, gigantic offensive lineman for the Steelers, was arrested. Excuse me, for the Seahawks. I'm sorry. Um, was arrested and then released on four hundred thousand dollars bail for a gruesome and grisly attack on his girlfriend. Uh, it is reported that he had asked his girlfriend to bow for him. Mm. And then when she refused to bow, his girlfriend, Chad Wheeler is white, his girlfriend is black. Uh, when she refused to bow, Chad then beat the shit out of her. Strangled her, pinned her down, uh, strangled her to the point that she lost consciousness. She regained consciousness. She woke up. She ran to the bathroom. When she woke up, Chad Wheeler reportedly said to her, uh, oh, so you're still alive. He then apparently, she ran to the bathroom. He then apparently uh, went into the bathroom, broke the lock, went into the bathroom, tried to uh, talk to her as she was uh, tried to apologize to her. And that's when the cops got there. He refused to cooperate, but then the cops got him uh, or whatever. Uh, if you were looking at the uh, well, first of all, before we even get into some of the things like that, like you, you read the story. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, this is this is what gets to me is this happened what like a week ago. Yeah, we're just now finding out about it. Yesterday, I found out yesterday. I, I it didn't wasn't widely reported. Um, no one was really talking about it. I don't know if you saw Nate Burleson, but he does Good Morning Football show, and they it's a three-hour show. They went through the whole show, and the last 30 seconds, he's like, I'm sorry, I know we're talking about the Senior Bowl. I got to take a hard left. We've done this whole show. It's on my heart, and nobody's talking about it. And so he talked about what Chad Wheeler did and talked about domestic violence and talked about this this young uh, woman that was, was uh, attacked, brutally attacked by him. And my first thought was, why is nobody talking about it? I had thought warriors sending me messages saying, why is this not in the news? Do you think it's not in the news because he's a white man and she's a black woman? Why are we not? Why is this not getting more of a headline? Now it's starting to take flight. But the fact that days had gone by and there had been nothing that was said, we weren't hearing from the team. We weren't hearing from the NFL. We weren't hearing from him until it hit the fan is a huge problem for me. Why are we not talking about this man? This man is a monster, monster. We had no t- problem talking about Ray Rice. We had no problem talking about Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill. And then my other response is, I feel like the NFL needs to be taking a bigger stance when you have a player that has this type of behavior. There needs to be some type of policy where like, you shut it down. We don't need to see these type of people in the league. They don't represent what the league stands for. Because I still have a huge problem that Tyreek Hill is in the league. Huge problem. Huge problem. Tyreek Hill had issues in college, well-documented, which is why he dropped in the draft. Gets picked up, still has issues within the last two years. 
with not just the mother of his child, but also his actual child. Same person that he hit on in college. And we're just acting like the cheetah is, is nothing but a great football player and that he doesn't have these, these, these problematic issues. I have yeah. a huge problem with that. Hmm. No, I understand. I get it. Um, so there are a couple of things. Number one, from having worked in that space for a little while, I'll tell you guys something that this happens all the time. Which, the which, time. what happens all the time? It happens all the time that incidents like this happen and mm-hmm. they go away without people knowing about them. It happens all the time. The, the, the three, the, the, the three things that you mentioned, Tyreek Hill, Ray Rice, and uh, Kareem Hunt. Hunt, they all share a common thread is that there was video and audio evidence. There was a tape in Tyreek Hill's situation with his, uh, with his baby's mother. And it was video of both Kareem Hunt and then um, Ray Rice. Uh, Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. I can tell you for a fact, if not for the video in those two cases, they're footnotes. That's so, I believe, I know you're right. I know I can you're tell right. you for a fact, even when the people were saying, what is the difference between this and Kareem Hunt? The difference is a video can go viral and it's, it's just a lot, a story. And I'm not saying that there's not, they're not optics here uh, that are different for the league. You know what I mean? They're not optics here that there in no way am I meaning to, you know, insinuate that there's not a racial component because it's America. You can never be sure when there is one. But I will tell you that the video changes everything. Well, Van, just to your point, Ray Rice, remember they took, they knew what happened. The team knew what happened with Ray and he was not in trouble. He might've been suspended for a game, maybe two. And then when the tape came out. Right. Even, even like, yeah, he had gone through the, the, that had been like really adjudicated in a way. Like we, it had, it did. Like there was, I think if I remember he had, agreed to go through like a pretrial intervention on it. And there were some other things. And then we get the video and now they can't stand next to him. The Kareem Hunt situation was something that had happened a little bit in his, uh, a little bit before, but now the video of the incident came out. And after the video of the incident came out, um, you distance yourself. I mean, if there was a video of Tyreek Hill beating the shit out of his kid or punching his son or whatever, uh, it probably would be different, but even the audio of him talking about it was enough for, for people to say, hey. That's what the you know, problem is. The yeah. word of the woman doesn't mean anything. Hmm. Her yeah. word, her story means nothing without evidence to the NFL or to uh, maybe in the, in the court of public opinion. That's what the problem is. Why isn't her coming to the police and telling what happened to her, showing markings on her arm, on her neck, on her stomach? Because I believe Tyree Kill kicked her. Um, when college, why isn't that the the child having a broken arm? Why isn't that enough? Why does there have to be a phone call or a video for people to start listening and paying attention to these women who are being attacked by these monsters? Money. I know. No, I know you're right. It's yeah. just that's what's the sad reality. So, so Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Ray Rice was sort of in a decline, which made the situation he had he had more years to play, but sort of declining, which made the situation a little bit easier for them. Mm-hmm. You know, Kareem Hunt is uh, a dynamic football player, so what you're looking at in all of those situations is if they can find a way, and you're gonna get people that you're gonna get organizations that say, "Hey, listen, this is all this guy knows how to do." We are going to give him the opportunity to do this at the highest level and get him the help that he needs and all of that stuff. You're going to hear that kind of stuff 
too, right? You're going to hear that stuff as well. Uh, but it's like a lot of it, it has to do with, uh, with, with, with money, you know? Uh, so you, I, I actually, I think I, conf, uh, I confused two guys because I'm thinking back to my TMZ time now. The Kareem Hunt situation was, was in Cleveland, right? Uh, during that summer. I was thinking of in college, Joe Mixon went through this same thing. Um, Joe Mixon from Oklahoma, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Joe Mixon was in this, you know, and Joe Mixon had gone through the same thing as well. So in a lot of those situations, the video makes it impossible for the organization to distance themselves from it. The 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 victims will always be minimized if people allow them to be minimized. So the victims will always be minimized over, over commerce unless there's something that makes them big. And the video makes them big. Remember, Don, Donald Sterling had right. been a racist. Decades. A racist in the NBA for decades. And Baron Davis had talked about it. People had talked about it. It was not at all a secret within NBA circles that Donald Sterling was one of the biggest pieces of shit scumbags ever. The audio of him putting it out there was what the NBA needed to distance themselves from a business relationship with him. Even the NBA, the league that we think is, you know... Above uh, the others, yeah. Uh, above the others. So uh, in this situation with Chad Wheeler, though, I think it's important to talk about the woman here and her situation and exactly. what happened to her and not necessarily what it means in the larger, bigger scheme of things, because something that I did see was I saw a lot of people online uh, use Kareem Hunt. I saw Kareem Hunt trended. Um, Ray Tyree Rice Hill, was trending. Ray mm-hmm. Rice was trending. All these guys are trending because, like, what about these guys? Like, do this white boy the same, same way you did that. Even when you do that, you cover the woman. And that's what I'm saying. Why are we right. not focusing on the victim? No, I completely right. agree with you. No, no, I, no, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, and I just said that, like, you you cover her. You mm-hmm. do essentially what the NFL does. You minimize her. This is her story. Uh, this is her life. And she needs the space, before we start taking it to a larger societal thing, she needs the space to, to talk and be made whole again, if that's even possible. Who knows if she'll ever be able to trust again. She had a 310-pound, six-foot-seven behemoth, a beast of a human being wailing on her. And she survived it. So um, that's what I'm saying. We gotta give, we gotta start respecting these victims, these people who are attacked by these men. It's 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 crazy. Thank goodness she survived it. Thank goodness that she's alive, you know. That I, I, and I, I'll say this. The NFL needs to take a proactive approach uh, to this because whereas it, it, uh, these are the high-profile incidents that we hear about, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the league... It's interesting that the NFL is a family league uh, with, with around family values um, and doesn't want any trouble when someone's kneeling from the flag, but when someone beats the shit out of a woman the league then is a league of second chances. At some point, you're going to start to have to ask yourself whether or not the NFL is in a way complicit in some of this. Absolutely. Well, no, I don't mean complicit in the the backside. I mean on the front side. 
You know that you mean you, is it not being proactive? Yeah, your league has gotcha. a perception problem. Your league has a problem. Uh, your league is that there's there's a I know that there's a no contact no contact policy and all that stuff, but it might be pretty good to invest in some mental health and some training and some ongoing things on a more regular level with these guys because to a human being, those men are weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Like they're not mm-hmm. even real. It's a fucking joke. Um, yeah. and it's tough out there. Anyway, all right. Uh, I feel like we should do mailbag now. You want to do a couple of questions? Yeah, because like you know, we it's it's kind of it's been a a sort of a downer of a podcast. You know, even though we're celebrating the life of Cicely Tyson. So you know what? Let's take a break and let's come back. And let's do mailbag. We'll okay. Finish. All right, let's do it. Jackson, whatever, bro. Whatever. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> like, go, go ahead and give us mailbag. First question. Okay. Um, from Veronica Nunez, or Nunez, if Van and Rachel could plan a bachelor date, bachelor group date, what would the date be? Mm, this is good. I'm actually surprised, Van, you haven't already thought about this. You know the way your mind goes, the way you like to wander. I would take them to the speed zone. You know what that is? Like the racetrack? You ever been there? We have one in Texas. Well, this is a speed zone. This is a different speed zone. Though. This isn't like a nice speed zone. This is a just a cool speed zone. It's a place out. Uh, it's off the 60 in City of Industry. Like, I used to go to City of Industry when I first got here to L.A., and there was this place called the Diamond Plaza there. Sounds like and a strip club. It wasn't a strip club, although the strip clubs in, like, uh, City of Industry are particularly particularly dirty. Um, but we go to this place called the Diamond Plaza and it had like, a, there was a Japanese arcade there and there was a lot of like, uh, it was very Asian influenced. Mm-hmm. It was very Asian influenced, but they're not too far from there. Discovered the speed zone. So I'll take all the girls to the speed zone. All right. We go out there. We, we all go out there to the speed zone and then we race. We race around. We play speed zone games. And then when you put somebody in a drag race, because they got the drag race near the speed zone, that's when you find out who people really are. That's what I would do. What about you? That's when you find out who people... It's hard for me to pick this because I lived this on two seasons. You know what I mean? I've seen some, some so fantastic what was the best, day. What was the best group day for you? Then? So one fun one was we did tra- a track and field date. Ooh. And at the time, they were like, and we've brought some friends to help. And I was like, oh, my God, please don't. I don't want my ex to show up. Please don't let my ex to show up. Right? Like, they were like, because that's the kind of stuff The Bachelor does to you. Mm. And I thought, oh, God, they're going to do this. No. But my homegirl was one of the girls there, Michelle Carter. Um, Allison Felix was on the date. Oh! And Carl Lewis. Hey, Santa Track Club! Carl Lewis is one of the funniest people. I was I was not expecting him to be so funny. So we did like a javelin throw. We did like a, and I'm like, oh, you know, I did. I grew up doing track. We had a race, um, mm-hmm. a foot race. I won, of course. We had a long jump. Um, trying to, we had shot put. It was a lot of fun just for me because I love track right, and field. Dope. That was a really fun day to me. The other girls probably wouldn't say that. I don't know if there are rights issues with this, but. If I was really being a jerk, this is where I would have Jackson cut in just a little bit of Carl of Carl Lewis singing the national anthem. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Just a little bit. A man of many talents. A man of many talents. <laughs> that brother can sing. Jackson, what's the next question? <laughs> the next question is from Chris Floyd. Do you watch TV with the subtitles on? This is a very heavily debated topic. <laughs> 
Absolutely not. I do. Of course you do. I, I, it is too. I, 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 why? I do. Because why? I, I do you know I can't do it with the subtitles off now. Oh, it looks like there's gosh. too much space on the screen. It cheats. What happens? That's why I don't like to watch it. One, it's distracting. I can't mm-hmm. handle that. I'm, I'm. Am I watching? Am I reading? Am I watching? Am I reading? That's why I don't like to. I, like I. Hmm. Yes. Sorry. I have to do both. And it will put the sentence up before they have said it, so I kind of know what you're about to say. I don't like that. I don't get it off my screen. I just want to watch it. I. Love it. It is the only way that it's done. Number one, when no. you are so plot driven, when you are watching every single scene to try to figure out like what things mean, a lot of times you miss things. And I'm a notoriously, I'm a notorious rewinder. Oh so if, gosh, I would so hate to watch things with if you. If I'm watching something <laughs> and I feel like I didn't catch what I was supposed to catch, I'll go back. Kalika just I was going to say, crazy. how does she even watch a movie or anything with you? That is I'll so go, annoying. I'll, I'll go back. I got to know. I got to know. It's not a homework assignment. You're supposed to sit back and enjoy it. Don't you tell me the way <laughs> it's enjoying the movie. <laughs> I can't believe you watch the subtitles. So, as, as on the, everything. Literally the other day I was watching something. I couldn't get the subtitles off. I couldn't figure out how to change it. It was on Apple TV and I just mm-hmm. turned off the TV. I was like, nope, nope forget wow. it. Yeah. What if, but what if the subtitles, what if your was TV a servant. was... That's what I was watching. I see, what mm-hmm. if your TV was possessed? Like, what if the subtitles were saying stuff that the characters weren't okay. really saying? And then like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be no. like, Rachel, Rachel, Speaking come nearer to possessed. the television. Speaking okay. of possessed, I have an Alexa Echo Dot. Uh-huh. I just got it. Right. And I don't use her a lot because Copper's scared of her. But she started Copper. speaking in Copper. the middle of the night. Oh, Does that ever right. happen to you? No, that's because... I don't know what she said, no. but I literally, I wasn't in the room. I just stopped. I was like, well, oh my God. Well, first of all, we got a couple of things. Number one, copper a bitch ass nigga. Okay, that's the first you thing. know what? I'm like done. That, like that, is he scared of Alexa? No, 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 no. What well, you not going to do? That, that, it's that, that's, the, that, that's the first thing. We don't know copper's life for two years. We don't right. know what he went through. Right. That, normally that makes him tougher, but whatever. Number two is it, the Alexa is well, he is, survived these streets. Uh, he is uh, like Copper actually up, Who just grew up? Bozeman you know what is, I'm saying? Bozeman is the biggest motherfucker. Bozeman, Bozeman's scared of everything. Like Bozeman, like like Bozeman's scared of everything. Like we're we're like we're walking down the street. You hear Bozeman's like, "What was that?" I'm like, "Dog, that was a sparrow." Uh, you're, you're like you're fucking five times the size of that That's little Copper. bird. Like relax, That's dog. Like you're okay. I promise you. Um, Copper. <laughs> but uh, like, like re- relax, bro. It's a hummingbird. But, but no, no, that that doesn't happen to me. We have Alexa. The Alexa is talking to you specifically. It's by it's, it's never spoken on its no, own. No, the Alexa is doing that to you. And tonight, Alexa will probably say more to you. No, you know? stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last last question. Uh, okay, um, from Johanna Zaldivar. Would Van and Rachel ever go on MTV's The Challenge? Would love to. No. Damn. <laughs> I, I Boy, do you watch the to. show? I think to me, Alton from the is real he world. Back? No, but he is oh. one of the best athletes that has ever lived. Alton's. I remember Alton. Uh, Alton was amazing. I love the challenge. Hell yeah, I will go on the challenge. I don't. I just don't know how I would be on one of those shows. I've actually thought about this. Okay, right. you know I'm in the MTV family. Uh, uh, by the way, Ghosted, Ghosted is it's coming hey. back February eighth, seven p.m. 
Go ahead and start recording it now. We'll be on every night of the week that week for Love Gone Wrong Week. Really good episodes. Crazy episodes. Sweet. Really crazy. Um, anyways, I've thought about this since I'm in the family. I don't think I would do well on that. And I'm an athletic. I think I would, oh, I would not be do well. good on the challenges, but the voting people out, the drama, I don't think I would work well in that. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do well on it because I got thick thighs and thick. You know what I mean? Okay, but we, why we, we is that about a problem? Why are because, thick thighs a problem? Because like it makes me it, it, in like in like in the post, it makes me immovable, and it may, like and it gives me good, but like a lot of the verticality, you know. Of oh, so you can't jump? Well, I I used to be able to jump. I was I could jump pretty you ain't got easily, hops? but I was no, nah, I could I could dunk and do all of that stuff pretty easily. But I'm a straight up power jumper, straight up, straight down. So there's no gliding. So I get up, boom. They call me Mr. One Hand, Two Hand. Those are the only two ducks I had. Ask me to like, I'm serious. Ask me to like twist in the air or something like that. It's not, not happening. Have you ever done the vertical jump on the combine? What you yeah, had? Yeah, 32 was the best. That's, not that's, bad. That's yeah, that's okay. But like, okay, not I'm a just... not an not an elite athlete. 32. Uh, but uh, but no. So seriously, I would go on it though. I would go on it and look bad. I really would. I can make that try to happen for you if you really want to go on the challenge. I'm, I'm into it, right? So I can go out there and pull a hammy? No. So I can, like, you know, a hamstring will go. I'm 40 years old. Oh, one thing I do want to say before we get out of here, before we get to Unexpected Ally of the Week, uh, uh, thanks for everyone who sent in the fucking terrifying video from Carnival. Oh, uh, so funny. It, it was... So good. Yeah. It was even scarier than I actually remembered it. Um, it was it was stupid, but the one that you guys sent actually had it in the middle that says Carnival Two. I'm telling you, it didn't say that. It was the blood, and then it went to the thing. I was freaked out. Did you see? You see it? Rachel? It was it was freaky, especially like the milk carton. Like that was a good commercial. That was local. That was, was a, local. That was a good commercial. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I showed everybody at Extra. I was like, check this out. Check this out. Let me right. tell you what happened to my co-host. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I relived it. Loved it. Thank you so much for sending it to us. I had a uh, good laugh. It was. You got an unexpected ally of the week? I don't. I do. Who? Wall Street Bets subreddit on <laughs> Reddit. The emperor has no clothes, guys. I'm telling you, all of these systems, all right, all of these guys been playing with this money for so long and that money hasn't been going in your pockets. Fuck them. Fuck them. I like it. It was a real sort of movement by Earth people. Now, things might get crazy. We'll see what happens. I bet you they come with crazy regulations now. But you moved them. And you can do this. Solidarity of ideas and thoughts. You can move them. Fuck Are you, you in the Hood. subreddit? I'm not. Did you join? Okay. If well, I you was. You can creep. You can creep, though. Yeah, still I, creep I, I creep. I'll go watch it. All right. <laughs> that is going to do it for us. Take your thing caps off. But do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. 